More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back. And by welcome back, I mean, welcome into Friday. We've been hanging out with you for 12 hours so far. we got three more hours for you. It is Friday. I hope all of you are having a fantastic start to your Fridays, your weekends, and you're ready to power through with us into another three hours of fun. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. Joe Biden had a CNN town hall last night. It did not go well, as you would expect of any Joe Biden media appearance. The ongoing battle, budget reconciliation, what exactly is going to end up happening? Really heated discussion, private, between Joe Manchin and Bernie Sanders over whether there was going to be any budget at all. Bernie is hammering the table saying he wants $6 trillion. Joe Manchin is comfortable saying he's fine with zero. Is there a possibility that this is going to get tabled and nothing is going to end up happening before the end of the year? Maybe. That seems to be the perspective that Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, would adopt. We'll talk about that a little bit. We have got two great guests for you. Jonathan Isaac. He's a basketball player in the NBA for the Orlando Magic. He has spoken eloquently about why he is not choosing to get the COVID vaccine. He will be with us at 1 Eastern about an hour from now. And then many of you are longtime fans of his. He has a book coming out. James Golden will be with us at 2 o'clock Eastern in the third hour of the show as part of our Friday Friends segment. All of that headed your way, but we begin with the calamitous town hall between CNN and Joe Biden. And by the way, CNN, we need to talk about this later in the show, but CNN has doubled down on the fact that they claim they did nothing wrong with the Joe Rogan horse dewarming stories that they flagellated for, what, weeks surrounding his COVID announcement uh, until Dr. Sanjay Gupta went on and said, yeah, that was not accurate. We shouldn't have done it. Well, CNN has issued a statement on that. Uh, we will discuss that in the near term. But first, 
Here are some of the cuts that I think are standing out and creating news from the town hall that Joe Biden did. First of all, in typical Joe Biden fashion, he completely forgot what he was talking about. Anderson Cooper had to rescue him. Listen to this. With 40 percent of all products coming into the United States of America on the West Coast go through uh, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, what am I doing here? Is it Long Beach? Long Beach. Thank you. I mean, Anderson Cooper rescued him. That is one of many times where Joe Biden just doesn't know what's going on. We continue to point out the argument that Democrats are in real danger on the most. And there's a lot of problems Joe Biden has. It's about the border. How about Joe Biden saying he hasn't had time to visit the southern border? Uh, I've been there before and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down, but the... But the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the $900 billion worth of damage done by uh, by hurricanes and floods and, and weather and, tra- and traveling around the world. But uh, I plan on – now my wife Jill has been down. She's been on both sides of the river. She's seen the circumstances there. She's looked into those places. You notice you're not seeing a lot of pictures of kids lying on top of one another with, uh, you know, with, 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 with uh, um, you know, uh, looks like tarps on top. I don't even know what he's mumbling about. I mean, you really get to a point, Clay, where you feel like the people that think they're so smart and wise, who hated Trump so much, who told us that Joe Biden was going to unite the country and be a great president or even a good, even a, a passable president. They should be ashamed. I think they actually look at this with some degree of glee. We could even make, they say, Joe Biden president and you couldn't stop us. I mean, I, I think they view this as an exercise of their power on the left, because when you see how he actually interacts with people in a in a live setting like this, this is the president of the United States. This guy has the nuclear codes, really? You know, I understand people say Donald Trump, his tweets were mean sometimes, or they have these different things. You know, Trump was a guy who was a force of personality who could do two-hour live rallies that would get a crowd as fired up as they were at the University of Alabama game you took yeah. me to. I mean, people were absolutely enthralled. He had a vision. He had a purpose. There was an understanding of what he was trying to accomplish day in and day out. Joe Biden, it's just muttering Sleepy Joe nonsense from somebody who really seems like he should be spending more time playing bingo. It's just it's just the reality. And the fact that the media just skips past this, like they they pretend that we can't all see this. This goes to show you we're suffering from a plague of leftist dishonesty. That whole answer on the border how about the fact that he said his wife had been there, which doesn't make any sense? Yeah, who cares? Oh, Dr. Jill Biden. Maybe she was telling them about her Ph.D. The, the in education. First, the first lady went there. I mean, like, how is that an argument? And also, I think he spent 50 days in Delaware since he got elected president, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the number. Somebody can uh, can shoot me the actual. I, I was reading 50 days that he's been willing to go there. My point is. It's not that hard to take a trip to the border. We're not talking about why he hasn't been to Australia. We're not talking about why he hasn't been to China. Somewhere where you have to make a legitimately long trip. Buck, from New York, from, uh, from DC to the border is a two and a half, 245 flight for Air Force One. I mean, he could easily go to the border, 
visit there, turn around and come back in the same day with no difficulty at all, easier than lots of people's daily commutes. Joe Biden could hop on Air Force One and go down to the border. The fact he hasn't been there is because he doesn't want to draw attention and force, to your point, the dishonesty. It's almost impossible for the media to fail to cover the border if Joe Biden takes them to the border. Right. There's a traveling press corps with him. That's right. So there'll be photos of him. There'll be a whole focus on it. That's and why the, he's not And the going. Democrat policy right now is to make sure that people focus on it as little as possible. They don't mind. We keep saying this to remind everybody. The, we see the numbers of illegals and say this is lawlessness. This is of a, uh, a, a systematic intentional violation of U.S. sovereignty at the U.S.-Mexico border that's going on day in and day out in unprecedented numbers. Democrats are saying, oh, this is great. How soon can we get an amnesty and sign all these people up to vote Democrat and vote for bigger government, higher taxes, more socialism? But the only way they can't get there is if enough Americans, not going to be all, but if the 60 percent or so of the American people who want there to be some kind of border security and some kind of law and order down there recognize how systemic this problem has become then the democrat policy becomes a challenge that's why joe biden won't go down there people say oh well he can you know he doesn't need to see the fence or whatever no it's to meet with border patrol members to meet with the people that are dealing with this day in and day out because i've done this several times and all they'll tell you is we are overwhelmed. The cartels do whatever they want in terms of importing drugs at this point. We can't stop the flow of illegal migrants. We can't stop the flow of fentanyl that killed 90,000 Americans. Most of it was fentanyl last year. And it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. Well, if you get a soundbite of Joe Biden talking to Border Patrol, Clay, and they tell him that, it's pretty tough for Biden to then say, you know, we're making progress and, you know, no joke. Well, not only that, where the president goes dictates what he thinks is important. That's the entire purpose of the presidential bully pulpit. When the president goes on the road to try to sell any sort of legislation or to campaign for someone or anything associated with those kind of travel decisions, it is a clear shining light on what he believes is important. And what we were saying, and I think this is true, this is the reason they're not going is because, as you point out, there's an entire White House traveling press corps. And if the White House traveling press corps goes to the border, it's impossible for them not to report on the border. And the border is by far the weakest of many weak issues for the Biden administration right now. And they are desperate to pretend it just doesn't exist. He also said, hey, you're not seeing any of these pictures of kids like being mistreated. Yeah, because the media stopped covering it when they couldn't blame Donald Trump. AOC isn't showing up dressed all in white in a parking lot with her hand outstretched, crying in a photo-staged op because it's not Donald Trump's responsibility now. Remember when they found out that, that the Obama administration was responsible for the cages, in quotation mark, that they tried to blame Trump for? These stories just kind of started to vanish and remember, Trump had the border solved. That's what's so frustrating about this, Buck. It's not only that we're in a disastrous, worst ever border crisis, maybe in any of our lives. It's that it was not an issue when Trump was in office. He had solved it. The illegal immigration flow had found, because of the structure of some U.S. laws, particularly around asylum, had found a way to get around the legal immigration system, had found a bad faith mechanism to stay in the United States illegally, indefinitely, and it was being exploited. To your point about Trump fixing it, the Trump administration looked at this and said, whoa, this is a problem. They didn't make those laws, pass those laws that 
were being exploited in that way. But they figured out that if you change the incentive structure, and that is what the Remain in Mexico program yes. did. If you So you can still apply for asylum. Oh, no. People say, oh, it's a humanitarian thing. You can apply for asylum. And by the way, if you really deserve it, if you're going to be you know, executed for your political stance, if you go back to Cuba or Venezuela or Chile or Vietnam or you know, name your country, right? Okay, that's asylum. But you don't get to pretend that's who you are to stay in the United States and then just hope you get lost in the system and Democrats won't do interior enforcement. Remain in Mexico means you stay on the Mexican side of the U.S.-Mexico border and you have to wait until your hearing. And when you go for the hearing, guess what? If you don't qualify for asylum, you are immediately subject to deportation back across the border. They, The Biden administration did not like that this was fixed so they unfixed it. And that's yes. what this is why it's it's worse than I mean, to, to your point about how we had figured out what the issue was here. They said, hold on a second. We want the incentive for illegals to come across to be what it was. We don't want this. And they say, oh, it's a humanitarian thing or it's not. And Biden says it's not who we are. I mean, if we had a real press corps, they would ask, why do we turn anyone away? And this is the question I always ask. Democrats who do the AOC. Oh, yes. I'm crying and I'm touching the fence and the big the tears and everything. Who doesn't get to stay? That's the question they never have an answer for. And how does it ever end? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. If you don't have a border, millions and millions of people are going to continue to come here and they're never going to leave. So how do we exist as a functional country when we don't have a border, which is the existential question that Trump initially in 2016 ran on? By the way, how many times have you thought about refinancing your mortgage? But you haven't taken action. It's a smart move for a lot of homeowners because rates remain incredibly low and equity is at record levels, meaning you can save on your monthly payment. You can access cash to pay off your debt, fund a home improvement, whatever you need. With the holidays around the corner, no better time to make a refi happen. You just have to call American Financing. They are America's home for home loans. And you can talk to a salary-based mortgage consultant about ways they can save you up to $1,000 a month. Think about $12,000 a year. How much of a difference could that make in your life? Plus, you could even skip two mortgage payments. Great way to end the year. Put a little bit more money into those holiday gifts and presents and travel that you're going to be responsible for. Buck, how do they get hooked up? Because it only takes 10 minutes to start. I know how much it takes to start because I'm going through it right now. I've actually sent in... My documents, I'm getting my loan all squared away with American Financing. They're the mortgage company that I use. So Clay and I can tell you in the most full-throated way possible, this is who you should be using to to refinance, to get your mortgage done. Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. 
You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look. And HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. If babies in their mother's womb could speak, what would they say? In the absence of words, they share the sounds of their heart beating, telling you they're alive and growing. An unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks. By five weeks, you can hear that heartbeat on ultrasound, and that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. Preborn is the country's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives by connecting expectant mothers and children. Those are pregnant mothers deciding on life or abortion. Most often, they choose life. For just $28, you can provide one free ultrasound to help save a child's life. $140 will help rescue five babies' lives. Donate via cell phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Visit preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show here on Friday. Thanks for uh, joining us. We know the weekend's coming, so going to make sure we keep this show moving and flying. We've got some great guests lined up for you. We have James Golden with us. Uh, we also have... Uh, the Jonathan NBA, Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, thank you. The NBA player who spoke out against COVID vaccine mandates. Uh, but Joe Biden wanted to make it very clear last night because this is we should know what the other side thinks always. You got to know what the opposition thinks of you and, and how they really feel about you. And Joe Biden showed last night that he has no no sympathy for does not see any reasonableness when he looks at those who don't want to get the shot mind you if you are a young minority who does not get the shot somehow this doesn't apply to you joe biden's disdain is only for the white male trump supporter or just the trump supporters out there who don't want to get the shot which is of course not everyone who's not getting the shot but it doesn't matter because that's the narrative but biden has this came across last night in the CNN Town Hall, a disdain for anyone who will not get the shot. 
looks down upon them and even thinks that they're basically a murderer. The two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue. Freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on. Freedom. Number one. Number two. The second one is that, uh, you know, the, the gross misinformation that's out there. Freedom to kill you with. Co- I mean, look, Joe Biden's a moron. I mean, honestly, he's just not a very smart man. And it's nice that I can actually say this without, you know, getting shut down by uh, Twitter or Facebook or something. He's not a very smart guy. That's a really disgusting thing for the president of the United States. I, I know he thought he was being funny or something. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. Also, his date is not accurate. And I just want to keep hammering this home. I, I, last night, my wife makes fun of me because I'll be sitting in bed just kind of looking through all the COVID data uh, as I give her. I mean, some people some people have more uh, more exciting uh, pre-bedtime routines. Mine is I look at all the most recent COVID data. And if you look at what's going on in England and if you look at what's going on in Maine and if you look at what's going on in Vermont, Buck, 70 percent, over 70 percent of the people dying in England right now are double vaccinated. The idea that Joe Biden is selling to the American people, in which he tried again last night at CNN town hall, to argue if everybody was vaccinated, COVID would go away. This whole idea that we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it's not true. It's just a lie. He is selling a bill of goods. The vaccine offers some limited amount of protection for a relatively short period of time, and then its efficacy fades in a hurry, which is why we have boosters. We may have boosters that we have to get for years into the future. But when you are selling an artificial bill of goods, which he is, Buck, to the American public, the blowback on this, whenever people come to realize what the data is actually showing, is going to be staggering, and it's going to destroy the Biden administration. I think that this is why they're scrambling right now to make sure that as many, I mean, they're just trying to get as many people to get these boosters as fast as possible because the longer that there is a gap here in protection, the more clear it will become that all this rhetoric they use about, oh, you're murdering people because you yes. didn't get the shot. Really? Because if you see the vaccination uh, numbers and you see the number of people that are in the hospital and, and that are uh, that are dying from covid in this winter season go up dramatically, including the vaccinated. What does that mean about the stories that we've been told all along? How can we look at them and say that they are to be taken seriously, Biden, Fauci, all the rest going forward? It's all a lie and it's exploding on them. And I think our friend Alex Berenson has been correct that they know this and they're hoping that the boosters are going to save them in winter. And by the spring, the natural seasonality of viruses will decline. I think that's really what they're hoping. In the meantime, I got to tell you, a lot of you have chronic everyday pain. It's a nagging problem for nearly a third of all Americans. If that's you, why not consider a new solution? Relief Factor, not a high price, just $19.95 for three weeks. And they've developed this three-week quick start pack. You take Relief Factor three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, for three weeks, and you'll know if it works for you or not after that three weeks. Hundreds of thousands of people have tried, 70% of them Go on to order more. That's amazing odds. If it works for 7 out of 10 people, why wouldn't you try it? Created by doctors, perfected over 15 years of scientific research. Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product that was made for you. Join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 
800 for relief the 1995 three-week quick start relief factor feel the difference welcome back in michael jackson bringing us back here a little old school mj as we roll into soon to be a couple of guests here got some awesome guests heading your way jonathan isaac is going to be with us at one and james golden is going to be with us at two those are eastern times should be pretty interesting and one of the things we'll talk with jonathan isaac about by the way he is the eloquent orlando magic player who refused the covid uh, vaccine and explained exactly why with his natural immunity answer after rolling stone had tried to label him an anti-vaxxer I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation with him. But, Buck, this is interesting. Uh, Enos Cantor, who is a Boston Celtics player, knows all about what it is to not have freedom because he is from Turkey and his family has been imprisoned. There is a warrant for his arrest out over political commentary. He is not able to return to his home country. And he has decided to become, I think, the first NBA player to speak out against China's treatment of its people. Yesterday, we talked about him discussing the, uh, the, the dictatorship that exists for the Tibetan people. Today, he just posted a video going directly after China's treatment of the Uyghur people, demanding that China end slave camps. Listen to this. There is a genocide happening right now. Right now, as I speak this message, torture, rape, forced abortions, and sterilizations, family separations, arbitrary detentions, concentration camps, political re-education, forced labor. This is all happening right now to more than 1.8 million Uyghurs in the Xinjiang region in northern western China. This is potentially monumental. And for some of you out there, you might be saying, well, why should I care what an athlete says about China? Well, first of all, almost no athlete has been willing to say anything at all about China. China has already pulled Boston Celtics games off of all of its distribution in the country. They have pulled all old Celtics uh, games. They are pulling Celtics paraphernalia off the shelves. And what's going on here is... We have gotten used to a corporate hierarchy, whether it's Disney to make sure that their movies get in Chinese theaters, whether it's Apple to make sure that they can sell the iPhone to Chinese uh, Chinese citizens, that there will be no criticism that is allowed of China at all. I even saw, Buck, an interesting write-up about uh, James Bond. We were talking about this, I think, earlier this week. There's never been a negative Chinese character in James Bond in like the last 20 years. There's always a, a Russian. There's always some Eastern European evildoer. There's never a negative association at all with China for fear that they would not then allow the movie to air in it in their country. And what's happened is initially China said, hey, if you're going to be in our country, you're going to have to play by our rules. But as Chairman Z's uh, ambitions have grown, he is now trying to make the world play by Chinese rules. And that's a significant growth in terms of what the demands of China are. And so many of these athletes out there who want to denigrate America, who want to tear us down, who want to say that America is an awful place, have been unwilling to address 
what Enos Cantor just said, the genocide going on in China. In fact, Buck, there are NBA players with Chinese shoe deals that the Chinese shoe companies are bragging that their shoes are being made with slave labor from Xinjiang cotton. In other words, we really legitimately have a slavery situation where NBA player shoes are being made with cotton from slave labor, and those players are making millions of dollars. Well, right, and so th- what this exposes, right, yes. this exposes that they're very quick to jump on uh, an attack because they get a lot of social media plaudits for it. NBA players, professional athletes across the, yes. uh, across several leagues will go after police, right? We've seen this with LeBron James. We've seen this with other players who all of a sudden will be very big on the uh, either the defund the police movement or talking about systematic police violence or systemic racism in policing or whatever the hashtag may be on any given day. Even though, as we had uh, Heather McDonald on, what was it, last week, and she said, was it five or nine? I can't remember. Single digits. The number of unarmed black men who have been killed in America this year by police. I mean, to say that uh, this is a national urgent issue is just a lie the same way that saying that, you know, when CNN claims that a prescribed drug is actually a a drug that, you know, is, is crazy to take. I mean, you can say it's an urgent issue, but based on the numbers, it's absurd to make that claim. So they'll speak out against law enforcement in this country and expect to be considered brave. But in China, where the NBA does have influence because the Chinese people love watching uh, American professional basketball, right? There's there's real resonance there. They won't speak out. And why? They're not worried, right? It's not like any of the NBA players are going to get thrown in prison or something for this. They're not taking some huge risk. Just money. Right? Yes. They want the money. They want access to the Chinese market. And this is why, in so many ways, our Cold War with China, which is really what we're in now, and I think people are recognizing that, is in some ways more pernicious, uh, more undermining than we, what we face with the Soviets, because they have entangled themselves deeply into the American economy and into American cultural institutions. I mean, when when you know Maverick can't have a Taiwanese patch on the back of his jacket in a movie because he doesn't want to upset China, you got a problem on your hands, no doubt. And the irony here, of course, is or the hypocrisy, I guess, more accurately stated, NBA players would play games in China. But they wouldn't go visit the White House to celebrate winning a championship. So they would shut up and dribble for Chairman Z and do whatever China requested of them. Remember, LeBron James came out and even criticized America's First Amendment after Daryl Morey, uh, one of the general managers in the NBA, said that he supported Hong Kong freedom. And by the way, Hong Kong doesn't have freedom anymore because we just allowed Hong Kong to be taken over. And I think what's significant here in so many levels is what is the NBA going to do now? Because the NBA has said, hey, we want to be an activist, politically outspoken league. We want to be the woke league of all American sports. They had the slogans on their jerseys. Everybody refuses to stand for the national anthem. All of those things. Okay, so what happens now when Enos Cantor, who, by the way, we've reached out to invite onto the program, when Enos Cantor speaks out and says that these things are all true, that we have genocide going on in China, are other NBA players going to support him? 
Is the league going to issue some some sort of statement? And how is China going to respond to these continued statements? Because it took one tweet for them basically to shut down the league overseas. Uh, I think the NBA is in a really tough spot. And to your point yesterday, I think it was, Buck, and I think it was a good one. The major difference between China and the Soviet Union back in the day, in addition to the lack of economic entanglement, there was nobody in 1983 being like, hey, you know what? Good for Russia, right? There was nobody bowing down that I remember in like pop culture right. to it was, Russia. It was very back clear in the day. for a long time that the Soviets were a military and political competitor, but we didn't really believe once you got into the seventies, the eighties, that economically speaking, their system. I mean, we we could all see we, people were who were being honest about it knew that their system was cracking and it was eventually going to fail economically. China's economic system is not failing. It's a competitor to us, yes. right? They act with it's an authoritarian state that acts under some market principles to pursue profit. It's really state controlled capitalism and at some level. And so we have multiple challenges from the Chinese Communist Party that people, I think, are just waking up to uh, waking up to now. And then when you add on top of this, I mean, China has a billion people, right? Yes. Population matters. Uh, population to, to your point, for that movie diplomacy, Top Gun 1, the Russians are the villains, right? Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the first Top Gun yet. That's how that movie ends, right? We're going well, they head have, like, to head the with star the Russians. On the hell. They actually never really make it all that clear, but I think you're supposed to think that they're the, yes. they're the Russians. Okay, so that happens, right? Your point, they won't even let a Taiwan lapel be on Maverick's jacket. It's not like the Chinese are the bad guys in Top Gun 2. They won't even allow the existence of Taiwan's flag on the jacket for Maverick. Did you see uh, you know, the, uh, the Red Dawn remake? I believe it's North Korea that invades. Oh, okay. Now, well, that would be a real surprise. Right. right. <laughs> like, you think about this one. Dealing with famine. Who's more likely? Because yeah. the original Red Dawn, it was obviously the Soviets, yes. right? They had a very large yes. army, a very, very large country, and our biggest competitor. The new Red Dawn remake, I believe, I believe it's... North Korea. I got to check on this, but I'm pretty. That's I, an amazing lift. They can't even feed their people, and they're going to fly all over the world to invade America. It seems unlikely. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. I got, I got to check on that one. But I will also say that uh, if you want to see what happens when the U.S. bows uh, bows down too much to the Chinese market in film, watch that Matt Damon movie, Great Wall, for five minutes. It may be the worst movie ever made. <laughs> I'll just tell you, it is so bad. It is so bad that you'll be you'll be absolutely shocked when you when you watch it when you try to check it out, you know, uh, folks. We'll come back. It is open line Friday, so we want to take some calls. 800-282-2882. That's 800-282-2882. The Tunnel of the Towers Foundation believes in doing good. You can see that in their actions every day. You've known about this organization for years. As you listen to Rush, you heard him speak of the work Tunnel of the Towers Foundation accomplished of providing mortgage free homes with your donation. This year, the foundation has continued that work, but at a pace that would have you take notice. Just as one example, they're gifting 200 mortgage-free homes to America's heroes and their families. Can you imagine raising that kind of money from you and I to accomplish that, let alone the logistics of making that happen? As well, the foundation led us in remembering all those first responders that acted without hesitation on 9-11, as well as their families. The founder and chairman, Frank Siller, walked nearly 600 miles to make the point of those sacrifices, connecting the Pentagon in Shanksville, Clay, and downtown Manhattan. That's where he retraced his baby brother's footsteps the morning of 9-11. 
And next month, they're recognizing those we lost in the war on terror in a ceremony on Veterans Day. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's, they'll give away a home a day in their season of hope. You can help Tunnel to Towers do good right now by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a pre-born network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat and she chose life. When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Section Show. Thanks for being with us here on Friday. We have breaking news for you right now, and this implications of this are big, and this is going to be something that we are all talking about and focusing in on in 2022 because 
it's probably about June that we'll be hearing what the final uh, the final decision is on this. But the Supreme Court, this is the breaking news, will hear arguments over Texas's heartbeat law on November 1st. The law will remain in effect for the time being. You have right now some of the most direct challenges to abortion uh, at the state level since Roe v. Wade was decided. And you can imagine that this will create a tremendous amount of political fighting next year over from the pro-life movement to the pro-abortion movement and and. Uh, this could create enormous ramifications that will not just affect the country and its laws, its morality, but also the midterm elections. I'm sure this is going to be a major issue uh, when it comes to fundraising, mobilization of the grassroots uh, organizations on both sides of this and the AstroTurf organizations uh, like Planned Parenthood and all the rest of them. So, uh, Clay, well, how do you think this is going to go right now the law in texas remains in effect there's also that mississippi heartbeat bill what do you see happening if i were trying to read the tea leaves here i think what happens is they allow the mississippi law which correct me if i'm wrong buck but i think mississippi's law bans abortions after 15 weeks am i right about that i dials back uh maybe we can look that up to be sure and the Texas law, potentially six weeks. So I think they will argue that there is a new standard based on health for when the viability of a fetus can be concerned. Am I right about 15 yeah, weeks? Yeah, 15 or weeks wrong? is the Mississippi law passed in 2018. All abortions after 15 weeks prohibited in the state of Mississippi. So I think what they may try to do to say, hey, we're not overturning Roe v. Wade, this is my read on the Roberts court, is that they will uh, allow Mississippi, disallow Texas. And so politically, they give something to the pro-choice people and they give something to the pro-life people, right? Because this is what I think will happen. What John Roberts wants is incrementalism. That's my best bet. Now, it's also possible they sink these cases in some way and they say, hey, individual states have the right to make decisions about abortions inside of their states. There is now no longer federal protection for Roe v. Wade. So you're not necessarily ending abortions, but you're throwing it back to the states well, and arguing but, that this is a case that they should have never taken. But in so the Roe place. creates a federal constitutional make believe, but it's unfortunately yes. been real in terms of the way it's been implemented. It's not actually in the Constitution and everyone knows that. So Roe creates that right. So you think that they're going to essentially allow states to start to pair back at that quote I unquote I think, right. I think the most likely outcome I think is they're striking it down. So I think Mississippi they will say is legal that Texas went too far and they will then argue that there is some new standard for what Roe v. Wade is implemented in the twenty first century. That's my bet. I think for the first time in fifty years we could see Roe go down. And I think I, I think that's know. where the court is in terms of uh the, the makeup because even Roberts Roberts will try to save it. I don't think yes. Roberts will be able to. Say I don't it. know. My point is, I don't know why they would take the Texas case if they were going to strike it down. Why not go ahead and strike it down with the Mississippi case? I'm not sure why. So my thought is that there is an attempt, and I'm not sure whether it's going to be successful or not, to sort of uh, to end up with 
both sides having to feel like they got some win while in general abortion is restricted more. You say Texas is unconstitutional the way they did it. You say Mississippi is permissible and yeah. you continue to fight that. Battle. And it would probably be more actually of a Planned Parenthood v. Casey issue than a Roe issue, perhaps when you're looking at because Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, right, makes it essentially impossible to there's all these additional affirmative rights to abortion the whole thing is a, it's, it's it's it is a disaster of a decision right regardless of what your political beliefs are it is in untenable right. legal it, it created a right that doesn't exist in position. the constitution but also there's no other right like it i mean you know we have a right to bear arms there's millions of laws out there about not millions but you know there's a lot of laws yes. out there about guns and different states and every and state has their own version. everybody has restrictions on all right the only right that has no restrictions is abortion so i think this court is going to say hmm there's a problem here, folks, but we'll see. But that's a that's a big one. November 1st, so it's coming up soon. They'll hear those arguments. Those will be very close to listen to. I don't know why they would take both if they were going to 100% strike it down. I could be wrong. I think they're going to try to finesse the needle here. They may may well do that. We've got uh, Mr. James Golden coming and up Jonathan later on Isaac up next. in the show. And Jonathan Isaac up next. Talk about vaccine mandates in the NBA. We'll talk about it in just a moment. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 